0: House. Yeah, I know it's got kind of getting old. Just saying that same thing again, but that's our thing, time. man. Like we gotta stick with what. No, we should mix it up. Like I should say chillin', and you should say in, and then duh. The okay. Statehouse, you know.
1: Like... Listeners, if you have thoughts on how Titus and I should introduce the podcast, we, we apparently could use the help.
0: So, yeah. so, so Titus, we
1: we have the power. We have we have electricity to do the podcast, and I, I think we're pretty lucky to, <laughs> to be.
0: Yes, we're very lucky that we're not Texas right now. Yeah, I mean,
1: oof, that's horrifying. I mean, yeah. you you worked briefly for the Austin American Statesman. I mean, you you know people in Texas, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. it was a remote internship, but, you know, I, I worked with a few folks there, and, you know, I see their Twitters, and um, I'll just say I'm very glad I, I chose to work in Topeka over Austin, Texas. <laughs> Something that you might not often, <laughs> aside from the cost of living, that might not
1: be a, a favorable comparison for Topeka
0: yeah well, I mean, if you talk about the cost of uh, living in Texas right now, I don't even know if you're trying to live. I mean, Oh God. <laughs> well, suffice to say,
1: uh, the rolling blackouts that Kansas experienced earlier this week were not as extreme as Texas or Oklahoma saw where I think like two million people were out without power in Texas at one point. But uh, it was still an inconvenience for people,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Some people were angry. Uh, that they had a few a few hours of power actually. I mean, it got a little chilly, I, it,
1: but I was I so full disclosure. I was one of the folks hit with a rolling blackout on on Tuesday morning, and I, I left my house fairly soon after. But um, I mean, I was checking throughout the day on Evergy's uh, the 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 main utility company's outage map, and you know I, the outage was still going as of like one p.m. and I gotta say like. Five or six hours without power, it's not as bad as what's going on in Texas. But that would not have been fun if I was working from home.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, overall it wasn't bad. It wasn't it wasn't bad. It was definitely, you know, it was definitely attention grabbing though, and it was definitely a lot of people paid attention to it because I mean, why wouldn't you in near zero temperatures and it's you know, you're and if power's out, you're you're definitely paying attention and definitely re- redirected a lot of attention not just with regular cantons, but also with, with lawmakers on this issue.
1: Yeah. So maybe real quick before we get into the, the legislator end of things, um, just like a, a little bit of background. Uh, so Kansas is part of a multi-state grid organization called the Southwest Power Pool, something I'm pretty sure 99% of people in Kansas did not know existed before Monday. And now a lot more people are intimately familiar <laughs> with the Southwest Power Pool. So um, and so what happened Monday, uh, you know, midday was kind of this announcement that the supply was not enough to meet the demand in terms of, uh, energy use and that, uh, states that were part of the Southwest power pool may, would have to potentially institute the rolling blackouts, which obviously, as we all know, came to pass. Um, but it's important to note, I think that this did not necessarily mean that Kansas was overwhelmed. The grid in Kansas was overwhelmed. Um, you know, it, it, part of what happens is power from some places are pulled to go elsewhere. And I think Oklahoma uh, especially was, was having a lot of issues early right. in the week and, and that put some strain on, on things. Um, but I think that kind of brings us to the debate over energy and where we get our energy from.
0: Exactly. Cause you know, when, when Andrew mentioned the power, you know, i mean sorry the, the, the kind of demand overwhelming supply is because you know as it got colder and colder and got you know just historically cold um you know a bunch of components supplying that energy you know whether that be wind turbines whether that be the coal power plants whether that be the natural gas pipelines whatever kind of you know kind of malfunctioned because of the code and that you know decreased that supply a lot whereas you know at the same time the demand was you know going on record highs because people were trying to keep warm, you know, and you need a lot of energy when you're trying to keep warm in freezing temperatures. Right. Um, it was it was basically like a perfect
1: storm for this, and not to, I guess, inadvertently make a pun, but it was like a perfect storm for everything to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I you know so obviously, you know, with with you know kind of the code, you know, affecting affecting, you know affecting the components, you know, there's been a couple lawmakers, you know, who saw this and said, you know, man, renewables don't work and there's others who saw this and said, Man, we need more renewables, you know, it's kind of like right. living living in different worlds kind of.
1: Right. It's like the inkblot test for how you view climate change and energy issues more broadly. I feel like based off your reaction to the rolling blackouts, I think, you know, it it was really kind of people saw what they wanted to see. Um, Why don't we start with the people who think that Monday and Tuesday are an argument for more renewable energy um, because
0: that's... Those are mainly Democrats, right? Yes, the minority in, in the legislature. So if, if you share that view, I'm I'm sorry to say that the majority of politicians in Kansas do not. But um yeah, maybe people are saying they you know this this means that we know we, we are we're not you know diversified enough in terms of the number of energy sources, just saying that we don't have enough renewables and we need more renewables because they point out to the fact that, you know, hey, the the coal plants, you know, and the and, and natural gas pipelines, you know they they were affected by the cold, and I think I think down in Texas where you know, the situation is much worse, it shows that they were actually way more impacted by the cold than than you know the wind turbines or anything else. And I, and
1: I think that was true in Kansas as well, especially because wind turbines in Kansas are better outfitted to deal with the cold. I don't know if they like bring blankets and, from home or something. But and also you know.
0: the KCC Andrew uh, uh, Andrew French well, who's in charge of the he's, Kansas. He's Corporation coming. Commission. He's coming
1: for my name. I'm the only Andrew in these parts. Well,
0: He's French, so no, I'm just kidding, he's not French. Um, <laughs> hey, I speak French. Come at me, man. For those of you who know, for those of you who don't know who the, what the KCC is, the Kansas Corporation Commission, they're basically the state, I guess, agency that oversees all these utilities and energy companies. And um, in Eastern Kansas, that's Evergy, <laughs> is yeah, is the basically. Mac Daddy. Um, but you no, know, no, Andrew French even said that you know. The amount of wind. I mean, yes, there were wind turbines who were affected and were frozen, but the amount of wind that they they had predicted would come, most of it actually still came. So, I
1: guess that's the one benefit of negative twenty five wind chill.
0: <laughs> I have no idea, but so, but basically, you know, so so you know, environmentalists point to that and said, you know, that shows that we need more renewable energy. They also talk about you know, kind of you know, obviously just you know, having an infrastructure for the uh, better infrastructure for the grid. Um, having a more of a statewide energy plan, which will be a, a subject of debate actually next week when, when the legislator hears, hears that. And also just the fact that there needs to be more energy storage so that, you know, for instance, if the grid fails or everything, right, you still have storage elsewhere where you can tap into when the, when the grid can't supply that um, enough to meet your demand, basically.
1: Right. I, and and this is like newer technology where, you know, we're talking about Kansas. There's a grid in Kansas. Um you know, it, it, there's a situation, really, that you can have neighborhoods start having their own grid. So, like, Southwest Topeka, where I live, can have our own grid. So, if the Kansas grid goes on the fritz, you know, we have that as kind of our own, you know, whether that's powered by solar power. I think usually that's what happens, you know, that that we have that energy storage. Yeah. The problem, and I was talking with an expert at K-State earlier this week about this, is that's really expensive. We're like a decade probably off from that being like really readily available. And I think that, you know, that kind of gets at maybe the problem that this point of view is going to have where, you know, it's, it's in Kansas anyway, it might still be an argument that's a little ahead of its time.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, the other side, you know, We most, now come to the- <laughs> most notably, you know, so the other side, I guess, you, could, I don't know if you call it, the anti-environmentalist, or whatever, but, um, you know, led by, I would say arguably, honestly, in Kansas, led by, you know, Senator Mike Thompson, who's, uh, who's in charge of the, um, uh, utilities company, uh, committee, mm-hmm. utilities committee, he's not, it's not, utilities committee, uh, in the Kansas Senate, um, who said that actually that kind of that extra storage, used his quote, you know, I really like the quote actually. It was a really good quote. As a journalist, we really love quote like spicy and wonderful well big quotes. That's just a fetish of ours. Um Ooh, that's, <laughs> I don't like that image. <laughs> this is a this is a this is a safe for
1: all ages podcast, Titus.
0: I don't think the word fetish has any wrong implications. If if you think that it does, that that's in your mind, not mine. Oh, I see but, what you're saying there. But you know, he said that basically, you know, having this, oh, this extra capacity and energy storage, you know, that's that's like paying for a paying for a, a tour bus when you only need a minivan. You know, <laughs> um, I, I thought that was pretty clear. But basically, his, his main point is that you that, that that's all costly, right? It's costly for just storing that energy that might not even be used that often. You know, just if it's just there as a backup, for instance. Um, but I guess since we're on the topic of the other side of how you might as well keep.
1: Well, one one quick point though, I mean. I, to that end, and you know, this isn't a point of view that's shared just by folks who are the more conservative end of things. The k state expert I was talking with, you know, he does not; his views don't necessarily line up with Senator Thompson's. But he was saying, you know, it is a cost-benefit analysis. Do you pump a lot of money into this to build up the infrastructure for something that really is like a black swan, once in every century, half-century kind of thing? And I mean, I, I, that end of things, I think it's worth pointing out, like there are. Other people, on varying ends of the political policy spectrum, who kind of share the the, the tour bus versus minivan sure. point of view. Yeah, but but the more contentious thing,
0: I think, is what you're getting into now. And yeah, is that you know obviously Tom just blames renewables, right? Just straight up blames renewables for not being reliable enough in this weather, even though you know we know we know it's a, the fact Is that it's in all, all of the above? They, they all kind of malfunctioned right but then he blames renewables wind solar right for not you know because oh sometimes there's not enough wind sometimes not enough sun and then and you know for the most part and eh, it's it, it's a faulty argument but he does also i guess make certain nuggets of good points in there for instance um natural gas is often used as a backup for you know uh wind or solar Right when when so for instance if, if, if there's not enough wind during that time right but the the demand's still there then you use natural gas as backup to to make up for that you know I guess discrepancy or when there's not enough sun they use natural gas as a backup but you know that you know when 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 all that was down right that created you know an extra demand to r- quickly ramp up to meet that demand from the natural gas kind of uh component supply um, but you also had other folks who also was trying to you know get more demand from natural gas for you know for their own use you know, and you know that created a lot of stress on the grid in terms of that aspect. So, but and then you know that was his argument blaming renewables, um, and that you know we need we we're going too far off the map on in terms of going to do two more renewables. We need to go back to the basics, I guess, of of coal and fossil fuel, etc. I you know I think a good bit of
1: context um, is that in Kansas we get about forty percent of our energy from wind as of twenty nineteen. To me at least. Yeah, well, I mean, where wind do <laughs> we? There's a lot of wind in Kansas, and I, I think slowly over time people have kind of moved towards harnessing that. And a third of our power comes from coal, and so that shift towards uh, towards. Wind, which I believe in 2020 we became one of the few states where uh, wind became a, uh, the majority of where we get our or, or the 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 highest proportion of where we get our energy from. You know that that's different than than what a lot of other states look like, and and some of those coal power plants that still are in operation are are old, and there's been a pretty big debate here in Topeka about whether to try and move more even more towards. Wind by refinancing our some of our deals, retiring some of those coal plants and um, saving money for ratepayers, and moving more towards maybe a renewable energy future. So that's why it's interesting seeing what Senator Thompson saying is he wants to go in the opposite direction and oh, kind yeah. of double down on coal. And also, he talked about nuclear, right? Because Kansas gets about eighteen percent from our one nuclear power plant, which uh,
0: was actually, by the way, and he noted this. And it is, I mean, even I think our, our tower report even also kind of praised praised them for this. But it was the, it was one of the things that was actually not really affected by the code at all, right? And and
1: and maybe that could get to a potential middle ground because.
0: At the same time, you know, nuclear, you hear the word nuclear, you're like, oh, shit, it's atomic bomb, you know, like, well, something like that. Well, okay, not, maybe that's just me, but...
1: Well, and so, I worked in, in, I covered state government in Pennsylvania before moving here, and outside of Harrisburg is the site of Three Mile Island, which is, like, the, oh. the biggest nuclear accident in American history, so I am a little, like, when I, when I hear nuclear, I kind of, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it puts me a little on edge, but... um well, in in talking about natural gas, which we only get about seven percent of our energy in Kansas from natural gas-fired power plants, which is very different than the Southwest Power Pool, Southwest Power Pool, where all I think twelve or thirteen states in there, like total I think about a third of their power comes from natural gas. So Kansas, that's a big difference. But um, Titus, you know, there's a bill right now that you've been
0: tracking
1: with respect to natural gas and what local governments do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, kind of, you know, on the par, you know, so I feel like, you know, this whole rolling back has kind of renewed a bit, I guess, I guess renewed attention on energy. Um, But realize, you know, again, Democrats are in the minority, Republicans are in the majority. (laughs)
1: Which is always worth remembering when you're listening to this podcast.
0: And uh, Senator Mike Thompson is the one here who has, you know, much more power in terms of what kind of energy policies get passed um and and he likes you know this bill it's called the energy choice act really it's honestly just between natural gas and electricity that's kind of the two components of it but basically it says that you know you can't you can't cities cannot ban natural gas you know period because they are you know they they they're afraid you know um they they seen like cities like Berkeley California who've done that and then you know, the natural gas industry is obviously afraid that that's going to happen. I mean, Lawrence kind of had these uh, – kind of committed to to having a sort like, uh, I think, getting eventually down the line, you know, doing, I think uh, – basically, it would it would exclude – doing 100% clean energy, excluding natural gas, I believe. Check me on that. Um, but it, all, it's, you, it, all
1: you residents of Lawrence.
0: <laughs> essentially, though, it, it would preclude natural gla- gas from, from – being used in Lawrence, like, down, like way down the line, though. Not, like, anytime soon, but, like, way down the It's not, like, an outright ban on natural gas, that's for sure. Um, But it's just, like, like that was kind of some of their goals. But that's that's kind of put, you know, th- those in the industry on nerve. So, so it kind of just falls on the line of how, you know, Senator Thompson was saying how he, again, really thinks about going back to the basics of fossil fuels and other sources and kind of, like, not getting too far ahead with renewables and shifting way more toward that. Well, and another thing worth noting... 2015 sam brownback's
1: governor sam brownback signed into law a bill that basically did away with kansas with requirements that kansas hit certain renewable targets so now it's it's a goal it's 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 a nice idea but it's not it's not mandatory so this is not a new debate
0: <laughs> yeah and it's not a debate probably that's
1: going away anytime soon
0: um and speaking of energy just broadly you know um you know, again, I guess you know, we mentioned this briefly a bit, but also just the idea of creating a, a statewide energy office. Right. You know, I think that's 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 the blackouts have given that kind of new attention as well, and they're going to actually hear that, uh, have a hearing on 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 establishing a task force will to create a statewide energy plan. Uh, I think early next week. <laughs> so they have a task force to make a
1: plan to make an office, which will eventually well, make policy.
0: I th- I, I, th- I actually think, although someone should correct me on that, but I think actually that it. The, the legislation would create that off that office I believe okay and then the office would have to come up with a plan by a certain uh year i'd have to check back on the details of the bill though so well and and this is something that the governor has gotten behind correct in the past yes i i believe the governor has gone i believe um according to one someone i interviewed um actually last year Republicans actually rejected that um, but he, but um, it was Representative Woodward who told me that. But he hopes that you know this time around the governor will will probably do an, uh, an issue in an executive reorganization order, which is just basically the governor just wants to like mix stuff up in in the executive <laughs> branch. Basically, it's it's yeah.
1: like musical chairs, but for state agencies.
0: Yeah, but they call it an ERO for short. Um, basically saying like, all right, we want we want to create a, a statewide energy office. Um, so. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, people are arguing. I, th- I think, though, I'm, I'm I'm curious if the blackouts, especially what's been happening down there in Texas, if that's going to motivate Republicans to say, you know what, yeah, maybe it's time we actually, you know, make this office and have a statewide energy plan.
1: Well, because if it would be a, uh, a on the level, basically, of an executive agency, if there's a Republican governor, then that would you know, give them a platform with which to kind of dictate the state's energy yeah. future as well.
0: But, you know, I, I, but you, know, and then, you know, it's not even about just having like, oh, okay, should we shift towards more renewables and not? I mean, just just the idea of like, can we just like prepare our grid for like another aware event like this? I think, you know, ho- ho- I imagine that should be bipartisan, hopefully. I don't know. Well,
1: especially, well, this might not be bipartisan, but if you, <laughs> if you think of climate change, I mean, oh, yeah. black swan events have become more what's, common.
0: What's climate change? Excuse me? What's... <laughs> <laughs> what what's and,
1: and there are prominent Republicans here who have questioned the science behind climate change, so we we make we joke but you know that is a s- real belief yeah um but I think you know it, given that we've seen a lot more of these black swan events in recent years, extreme heat, extreme cold, things getting a lot you know snowstorms, hurricanes yeah we, well I don't, I don't know that we're getting hurricanes in Kansas. But.
0: Wildfires, though, maybe.
1: Well, yeah. A tornado. I mean, a tornado, that's that's the other thing. I mean, last year, we had one of the, the calmest years and decades for tornadoes. And, you know, again, like, this is the kind of thing, if, if a tornado, God forbid, takes out a bunch of wind turbines, could you find yourself in a situation where yeah. maybe supply and demand are, are out of whack? Like, you know, it, it's a little far-fetched, but, but this, I think, does have people thinking outside the box, like, whoa, hey maybe we should take a step back yeah. and, and look towards the future.
0: Yeah. Well, in the end, you know, we just have to kind of wait and see. And, um, you know, and the best way to find out what actually happens is to follow us. <laughs> that was a nice plug. Yes, follow us. Wait, where can that be done, Titus? Um, So you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Titus 100 I'm at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. But obviously read our work at cjonline.com. You can also follow the Topeka Cap Journal on Facebook and Twitter. I believe it's also CJ Online, or you just Google a search of the whatever. Um, and Instagram. Don't don't. Oh, yeah. leave our photographer out. Yeah, of this. we have we, our photographer takes really nice photos. We love you, Everett. Um, and we also should probably plug in the other podcasts that other members of our newsroom are doing.
1: Yeah, if if you decide that you like other reporters of the Capital Journal better than Titus and I, and which is fine, we won't be offended.
0: We might be a little offended. But uh yeah, I believe uh it, I be our local government reporter Blaise Mesa is doing a local government podcast called Our City.
1: Yeah, he's got I think he's got a real exciting guest coming soon, so you wanna check out him and, and uh, uh and and our business reporter, India Yarborough, also I believe has recently launched her own it's podcast.
0: Called our business no that's not called our business, it's called you, it's, it's Your Business, I think. I don't know where these names are coming from, but okay. Um, they're good.
1: Gr- they're good names. We just we haven't been involved in brainstorming though.
0: Um Brianna's is uh, entertainment, in food, fun, whatever. Uh, and hers is music memos. And of course, Tim Rencher, probably the longest living Topekan ever in human history. <laughs> but he's been in Topeka for a long while. Uh, but fittingly enough, uh, you know, he's been doing this. I'm pretty sure if you've been, you know, loyal reader of Capital Journal, you've been seeing this history guy. Videos on our Facebook and online every week. But he's she's he's doing a podcast around around history called History Guy around basically interesting historical historical tidbits and facts about the wonderful city of Topeka, Kansas.
1: And uh, also, if you want to you know listen to our podcast, you can find us anywhere uh, you get your audio content. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. And we always will share our work, uh, our audio work, in addition to our written work on CJOnline.com.
0: Every Monday is our podcast. Every Monday. Yeah. Don't forget. Bye.